0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this grab bag of prog metal brought to you by the one and only Tracy Newport. We are now hit the trying times of Gabe has had baby and David is not in country. So we're going to be doing this kind of old school sometimes. It's going to be, you have a roulette of cast for the probably the foreseeable future for a few months. So it's going to be fun. But with me tonight is the Reverend Ben and the doctor, David Pizzo. How are you doing tonight or morning for David? I come from
1: the land of chocolate. Uh, I'm just doing my thing. I'm here in Austria. It's four in the morning, as it should be. And I'm ready to talk about some Prague, which I listened to all these albums right in a row again last night. I was like, Tracy, what have you done? Tracy!
2: (laughs) So, I'm ready to get proggy with it. How are you been, you mean? I mean, it was a week of Mm Prague. Here I am, watching like a hurricane.
0: Hey, the joy of it being a grab is everybody got to pick their own poison. So you did twenty five percent of this to yourself, Ben.
2: Well, I did twenty five percent of this to myself. <laughs> Indeed, I did. I just felt like I needed to throw some yes
0: in the mix,
1: or right? Like I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was definitely a vibe. Didn't Maybe just
0: pick some Kenny G. Just <laughs> I
2: mean, <laughs> I don't know what it would have been any worse if we had to pick some Kenny G. So strong eighty five.
0: Yeah. Um. The poisons we ended up getting picked for us or picking for ourselves was the Ben's choice in Cynic, Ascension Codes, David's in Tool, Anima, Anima, however you want to pronounce it.
1: This is An- Anima, like defending
0: yeah.
1: you do with your butt. Yeah. <laughs> like flushing yourself <laughs> out.
0: Uh, Dream Theater, Image and World Words by me, and Gabe picked Watchtower Control and Resistance.
2: Yeah. And uh, as Tracy said, I picked Cynics. 2021 album ascension codes it was released specifically on november 26th of that year on season of mist uh, record label it had a runtime of 49 minutes and nine seconds the lineup for this album was paul masvidal on guitars guitar synth vocals and vocoder recorders matt lynch on drums they had Pliny come in and add lead guitars and guitar synths. Dave McCabe add bass synthesizer and keyboards. Max Phelps add additional vocals. And Paul Masvidal did the producing. And the reason that I picked this, uh, for those of you who don't know, is Cynic is made up of ex-members of death. Um, So that's why I picked this. However, what I didn't know was (laughs) that this album was um, made after two of the original members of Cynic, two of the ones who had been in death, died. Um, yeah. One unexpectedly and then another by suicide. So this um, is a resulting album that kind of puts it in context of why this is so so spiritual. And uh, you know, the Ascension Code, the name, not to, uh, you know, bury the lead, but that is why this album is the way it is. I'm 100% certain.
0: Yeah. I listened to some quite a bit a couple of times last year and it was always kind of on the premises of being listed. I don't think I actually said it though. And when you pick this I'm like Ben, I don't think that's the album you're wanting to pick. <laughs> but <laughs> when, <laughs> I didn't want to put it too far out there for that. It's it's so interesting
1: because they're like out of that same scene, it's like Orban Angel and Obituary, right? In uh they really found it They're in the eighties, right? Like eighty six, I think, or something. But it was like almost I don't want to say it was straight death metal, but it was much more like more of a metal or than this. And I know over time they became more and more sort of jazz-y, jazz-y, jazz fusion, as jazz froggy. But then you know, as you say, there was huge turnover of personnel, so it was just like both a massive genre change over decades combined with personnel change. Um, so yeah, I was a little surprised, but I'd seen the album covers or whatever from back then, like I remember them, but I just never somehow. <laughs>
2: Uh, like the journey for them, I would say. Yeah, and you're right, David. They originally formed in '87. So, '87. Yeah,
1: it, was about, it was a, little, a lot of '80s happening.
0: That's the last, just, no, this was my first. I was just going, I've had their pre order albums on my to listen to list for a while now, and just never have gotten to them. But so this was the first album I ever heard by these guys. I don't know if this is the same for you guys or not. Yeah, this is the first one I heard.
2: Okay. Same. Yeah, but I mean, they've gone through a bunch of stuff because they started out as a thrash band and they did some like melodic death and, and other stuff before landing in this version, as Dave said, you know, through jazz and, and all kinds of other experimental stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it was, I don't know,
2: in some ways this was
1: not counting Tool, which obviously I picked. In some ways this was my favorite of the three, I have to say. It seems the least cheesy. It seems the least cheesy to me. I don't know maybe it's, I just like I don't know I sort of felt the culprit <laughs> remember that like <laughs> um, you know and I really try not to be overly present this is quite the right word but you know I don't know it's a combination of being a production of War and having lived in the actual 80s I don't, I don't know it just uh, you know it's, it's I don't know it created a kind of cool soundscape like, I didn't hate this I mean I wouldn't but this would be my go-to for anything except for maybe I don't know if I were gonna like take up metal jazz flute and I needed some background music, but uh, it, was, it was you know you could tell these people who would make music for a long time. Like, probably all yeah. of them. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look up the background of the new members, but I think to hang with these be
0: guys, was pretty good. Uh, so you they play. You have gotta have your chops. <laughs> like that's the opening bar for this band. Again, totally. plus some. Um, you can't just be some virtuoso guitarist. but I'm in. It's like, but you gotta have the flair to it as well. Oh.
1: Yeah. No. Totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: think that there's a certain, as Tracy said, there's a certain atmospheric level that you have to do. I mean, and it's two dudes, essentially, with some guest musicians <clears throat> in the play parts. So I also did not hate this. Um, it was not exactly what I was hoping for. But, you know, it's pretty. Um, and I don't say that derisively, even though it may have sounded like in the tone of my voice. The big knock on this album, and it's something that um, Gabe submitted in his writings, is that there's too many instrumentals. Um, yeah. A lot of them are And I was actually kind of, you know, I actually thought about picking another um, for this when I was considering what to pick, picking just a prog album that was purely instrumental because I I tend to enjoy those more than the ones with vocals. But this was not um, the vocals on this were pretty good. It's just uh, there are a lot of how do I phrase this? It reminds me in some ways of listening, except for the length of some of the instrumentals, cause they're all kind of short, but it reminds me in some ways of like, you are going through a process with this album and that there are like each little snippet. It's like you are now activating chamber three or whatever. And it's just like very linear in the way that it goes through.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I agree with you in that sense. And I think in the process of like, just to kind of steal the, Thought that's in my head is like align the seven chakras of your spirit or whatever, something similar, yeah. like and this is how you're aligning, and this is the process. But I think them doing those little snippets between every track instead of just making this a full-on remove. If you were to move all those to like a full-on almost spiritual album, I think it would have probably done better, at least for me, and the sound process. Cause I feel like those little snippets kind of pull away, where this one could have been a total, I'm just gonna say like yoga transcendence level of just here you go sit with it for 45 minutes to an hour and then you come out the other end of it similar to how i think transcendence devin townsend sits with me i don't know if it, but that's kind of where i would have put this out without those intervening bits i
1: know what you're saying i, I it, it one i definitely can not that Ben needs to be second but in ben's world ocean collective it's always instrumentals. <laughs> like, I know that's the version mm-hmm. he wants. That's the version of the world he wants to live in. Yeah, Tracy, I, you know, because I read a little bit too about like there's the death, of the band, and uh, you can definitely tell that this introspective and thoughtful, but I don't think they really took it to a, at least auditorily, quite to the transcendent place. I mean, I would have, but again, I, 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 I have to confess, I don't know much about their back catalog, uh, nor did I know the dude that died. So I don't know. I, to me, it was more pretty, pretty than transcendent.
0: Any well, like I think if you were to remove those bits in it, that you would have gotten something that was closer to, like if you were to like yoga, relax meditations songs, and like hit that and listen to it for an hour, it would be closer to that, and the introspective aspects of, instead of kind of being a little disjointed, I think, with those uh, tidbits in there.
2: Well, in, in listening to it, I was like, this is a process, but I don't really understand it. But then after I, I kind of read that, that they would had the two band members die, um, yeah. essentially the year before they recorded it or whatever, then it made sense that this was them trying to deal with that grief, um, you know, in a very, not to be dismissive, but in a very prog rock kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, and this is not the first time, nor will it be the last, that we will deal with albums that are spun out of personal tragedy. Um, we've talked about that with some of the Macedon albums that we've done and, and, you know, various other albums. That's just the one that comes to mind. So, you know, um, I, I get that art, especially as a an artist can be a release for you, and if you are um, Masvidal is apparently into Eastern religion, so this album makes a whole lot more sense. As I said in the beginning, through that lens, than it did just listening to it code.
0: Yes, definitely agree with you on there. With that
2: said, uh, I because of, and maybe it's just because I think of it as a process. Uh, this it's a little long for that, and I already said what I said about the instrumentals. But there weren't any tracks that stood out to me. I would, if I was going to spin this, which I probably wouldn't again. Um, I would just let it ride. I'm
0: not into
1: because I, I it loops several times, I and mean, it's sometimes hard to tell when the loop occurs. I mean, it's just sort of like an endless meditation to Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah, just sort of, you know, it isn't that kind of an album. I don't think. Like, Man, I just really need this song right no, now. Yeah. A lot, but
0: it's true. Yeah. I, there were a couple that stood out to me, but it's definitely a jump on the beginning and ride to the end album. I enjoyed Mythical Serpents in a Multiverse or Adam Singh, um, Architectures of Consciousness.
1: Yeah, I was going to give it shout out to Architects, maybe, and dimensional uh, Archetype is okay, too. Anyway, I mean, it's, you know, it's it sounds neat they can play and they're very sad and they're trying to deal with it in a proggy way. But if you know if you are, and I know this is a whole scene that um, some people are into more Tracy, it's a sort of jazz fusion rock metal thing. I mean, this, this is that for sure.
2: Yeah, um, and Gabe sent in his trash. She said six dimensional archetype, architects of conscious diamond light body, and mythical serpents, which she said is just okay.
1: But. <laughs> Rigging endorsement certified. It, over-
2: <laughs> kind of. Yeah, his um, take on it was lots of floaty bits, cheesy like Final Fantasy soundtrack or some new age bullshit, a not commish or crowd <laughs> Rock reference points for this music, um, which we've covered. It, it probably is a little bit of new agey. Uh, instruments are far too, our instrumentals are far too numerous and ineffective. Albums, not super heavy, but it is an album. <laughs> so, it
1: is an album.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, with that, I think we can move on to your pick, David. Panama. Should I say why I picked it? That what yeah, well, let me go ahead and give the details. Yeah, yeah do, yeah, do um, So, this is their uh, second studio album by Tool, released on September 17th, of 1996. It was recorded in Ocean Way Studios in Hollywood and The Hook, also in Hollywood. Runtime is 77 minutes and 18 seconds on Zoo Volcano Records. David Botrell was the producer and the band at the time of recording. Maynard James Keenan on vocals, Adam Jones on guitars, Justin Chancellor on bass, Danny Carey on drums, percussion, and samples. Uh, David Botrell played some piano. They also brought in Edmund Schlettler to play organ on intermission. Marco Box did additional vocals on D D.R. von Satan. And Chris Pittman played synthesizers on Third
1: Eye. So I picked this because
2: Tracy told me I could.
1: So <laughs> we were doing prog. Trish is the biggest dude. To pick a tool. I think it was literally. <laughs> well,
0: I think it was. I, th- I think it was. I was doing progress, like, I don't know what to pick, and, and I'm like, well, we've only done one tool album. You're. Like, I can do that. <laughs> so you picked this one.
1: Yeah. Um, so that to me was easy choice because prog. Goes. This is probably where I might go with it. And I picked this album because yeah, I know everyone on this call or not call, whatever, recording is like hearing this, but this is exactly in that same pocket. On in Berlin, for the first son. You know, it was like this. Say some more album of the year. Uh, Maryland man, semi car superstar. And he can fuck off. And then Ridge gets, not Ridge gets the machine, machine the machine. And we did a couple of weeks ago, I guess now. So it's in that exact same period where you know I didn't have a lot of money, and it was the old school year, so I only had a certain number of albums, and I listened to shit out of them. So I listened to this over and over and over for some of living Here in Europe, uh, north of here in Berlin, so I had. Very strong memories of this um and it's you know it's an album i go back to if i'm going to put in a tool album it's going to be this one now i don't always put in tool albums i'm just going to go ahead and put this out here because later is a dick um and we already know that in terms of like his stage presence so i saw this store um indeed it's where i met the german i was dating for a while that year and he just his audience interaction not good <laughs> like he was like back turned to us and like almost speak to us i was like what is going on man because i'd never seen them before and i didn't You know, I didn't have
0: the internet to read up on all this. Isn't that like every show of theirs, though, that he does that very not interact with the crowd?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, for like the, I don't know if they were still doing it here because I don't remember the videos off of this album. But for off the first album, all their videos had claymation or something else. and You didn't see the band. And that was kind of part of the mystique, which was a thing you could do in the early 90s, you know, because people wouldn't have had phones taking, you would have had to have taken a damn camera to a show to take a, and picture of picturing Rose diving on you and knocking you the fuck out. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, these <laughs> videos were not stop motion, but they were similarly abstract. or cre- You know, they weren't. They weren't concert footage of Striker, you know, on stage doing their thing. It was, this isn't their vibe. Now, the other thing about Maynard, of course, and this has to be said, because I've not seen any follow-up. I mean, you know, there have been accusations of him being yeah. also a piece of shit in other ways. And... You know, I think we think about this carefully and he literally essentially bans Manson for much more documented, much more systematic, as far as I can tell, abuse. Is Vader that person? I don't know. And I don't know if it's NDAs, I don't know. Like the first couple like the first case that came out, I never heard any follow up and that doesn't like necessarily mean anything. So I'm gonna put a asterisk here. You know, it's not like he's advertising himself as being a good person in this album, so this isn't a hypocrisy problem, but he might be a complete piece shit. But I don't know. I'm trying I try to be it's so hard to sort of balance. Like I am very, uh, watching all this camera, heard Johnny Depp's trying train wreck right now. Like I really try to balance believing uh, survivors essentially with also like, well, what evidence do we have? Uh, and I know that even that metric tends to favor perpetrators. Uh, uh, it's a mess, all Again, if, if, if a lot more evidence comes out, it probably does Which again, would be heartbreaking to me. Like, a long time. I really love this album. But I was really a, big, a superstar, and I've not spun that shit once. But <laughs> since, you know, we found out what he did uh, really, to Anyway, sorry, just going to put disclaimer, Disclaimer. That's my disclaimer, there. That being said, uh, so that's my my experience in film for a very long time. And I've been to it continuously for a NASA for that 25 years, a little more, actually. 26. How about you? All? I know Ben is in this age group
2: precisely yeah dude i mean i i mean i've been on this the tool train for a long long time so um this is and as i told david before we hit record i actually listened to the wrong tool album for this week because for some reason i thought we were doing lateralis but i mean Mm -hmm. i I only have to talk about this album that i've listened to three hundred thousand times or something in my life exactly um, I know. I only listened to this. I'm not going to lie for the podcast, like one time on the yeah. plane. I'm like, okay, the, ah, I got it.
0: <laughs> just to refresh everything. Like, all right, I remember this.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, and you know, this was. I don't think it's quite as good as Undertow was, but it's damn close. And. They kind of are starting to expand into what we think of Tool as today um, because they are playing more with the math rock stuff, um, getting a little bit more weirder with it, um, kind of moving away a little bit. And I have to say just a little bit from like, you know, the kind of gross you out stuff that they had going on and like the EP and, and the, the first album. Um, those elements are still there. Maynard is is still angry. He hadn't quite delved into apathy that then later turns back into anger on some of the later stuff. Um, But yeah, this is where you really start to see them really expanding and pulling in the Prague elements that they would later use to much greater effect. Uh, I just remembered I saw this twice because I saw it in
1: Berlin and then I came home and saw it. I think they were part of Ozfest. 'Cause I know it was a huge arena show that I saw at like Rockingham Motor Speedway or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know I saw this at two very different venues. So yeah, I got to see the stage there twice, actually. Which uh, I'm not sure I saw. I guess I still saw a tool one other time, Maybe Leonard Alice. They don't they don't come to Durham North Carolina very often. <laughs> so yeah. yeah.
0: Didn't you take Ryan yeah, to I,
1: a concert? She was I've taken her to war. we've been to Electric Six, we've been no, we've not been to I
0: thought you had taken her to a tour one. I thought you said you had.
1: Uh-huh. No, she survived a gore. that was really all I needed to know uh, was Terrace's can She Hang. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went to Barn, we went to Electric Fix. It's we a clutch. Uh, she likes clutch. So, And who doesn't like Electric Fix? At some point, I'm going to sneak some of that in here. I know it's not entirely metal, but metal adjacent. It's more metal than some of the shit we've done. So. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I still, uh, again, I'm going to put a bunch of asterisks out there and try and result judgment. But as an album, this album I think it's pretty amazing. And I agree with Ben. This is really. I would say where the trajectory is, I'm not going to say set forever, but it's the albums after this, I think, resemble this or they, they resemble Undertow. Yeah. Uh, this approach.
0: I'll agree with you guys on that one. I think this is the shift in their sound. This is where it starts and to where they kind of get their. Sound Lockdown. I don't think I'm as big a fan as Undertow as you guys are. I think their best work starts with this album and it just kind of improves from there on out. I've actually have spent a lot less time with tools than you guys probably think I have. Interesting. Well,
1: I think it's partially generational. I mean, yeah.
0: I something. Yeah. It's under- well, it was part of it that just their last album, uh, 10,000 Days, came out what, 2006? And they didn't do nothing right. until 2019. Well, it was, I'd known, like, I'd heard bits and pieces of tools throughout the years, but it wasn't until, like, 2019. I was like, I really need to sit down and listen to these albums. But then I actually first started here, listened to all the albums, like, start to finish. And it was 2019. I think,
1: that, I think that 13 year gap is exactly your metal development, right? Like, isn't yeah. that, yeah. That's the, that's, and that's the zone, interestingly, where pen is the least of engaged with metal, not with life. But right,
2: like, you're like, no, 2000 shit. Anyway. It um, is. Yeah. Tricky picks the tour. Just
0: so they all reunite, reunite.
2: Somebody had to. I had pretty well dropped it by yeah. about 2006.
0: Yeah. So I'd spent a large part of my recent adult life, like, I, don't, I need to get in the tour, but I just never sat down and did it. And I think when I transitioned from acquiring my music through less than legal means to Spotify, and it had, like, Tool was one of the bands, like Tool led Zappen for the longest time, right? The two bands that were not on Spotify for yeah, years. And it wasn't until I think Fear and Ochrom, like a month or two before it came out, that Tool actually put their stuff on Spotify. Correct. And I think part of that was also they had lawsuit after fucking lawsuit, after fucking lawsuit after fucking lawsuit to deal with over, I think, rights to the albums and stuff. So I think it wasn't yeah. until that was supposed to be cleared up.
1: It was like a label. Yeah, I remember those right right before the 2019 know, album dropped. They were like, all oh, tools streamable. I'm like, huh. So I did start looking to two of them before that. Because they weren't on Amazon
0: or Apple. And it was none of them. Sometimes yeah, you had one
1: to, and not the others.
0: You had to physically purchase it. Like I think tool had special, like their one-off tracks, they at least have special sound edits for movies and stuff, but you couldn't get nothing. Like you're not you weren't sit down and listen to Lauteralis from start to finish to talk more about this album. I think. The best way I could describe this album in like, my sense of like, the tour discography is I think this album, like, I like it more on Undertow, but when talking compared to their sort of later albums, I think it has the highest highs, but I think it also has the lowest lows so, like, in terms of songs I like and enjoy. Like, I really enjoy the good songs on this album, but I really don't care for some of the songs on this album as well. <laughs>
1: Well, it's got some weird filler, too. It had more filler than I remember, because I guess I skipped it. I the TV. I like... Uh, oh, it. Well, you know what I mean. There's like some yeah. weird, weird soundscapy transitional stuff, but someone yeah. was just sort of amusing, like the phone message. You're going to die of cancer. But... Yeah. Yeah. What about the uh, D.I.R.
0: von Satan?
1: Even though the recipe for hash brownies Elf auf Deutsch. See, I got such a kick out of that. It's literally when I was in Germany, like German for Piala, so... Everyone's oh. understood mana It was one of the big things they would ask
0: me when I got home. I'm like, "What's did I thought
1: I'm like, mm, brownie."
0: It's actually about hash brown. I've always thought it was about deviled eggs.
1: No, 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 no. no. It's hash brownie. It's a hash brownie recipe. Well,
0: because a, like a iron literal satan.
1: actual Well, yeah, you gotta put eggs in hash
0: brownie. Anyway,
1: A allegedly. <laughs> so this is this is this is I've read a lot. Anyway, this is a this hash brownie recipe. The eggs is but yeah, it's not a
0: You've you've, you've read a lot and you've tried a I've lot read of <laughs> uh, no i've just
1: i've just read lot, tracy it's going out in the universe uh yeah i don't really actually have access to hash brownies i don't think about up for a all, but anyway i don't um yeah that's what that is but then mm-hmm. there's some ones that are even more random than that like it's just like a what playing with a saw as a rainstorm is rolling in
0: Or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that is like a metal anyway there's or is old. it ending to Undertow where it's crickets for 25 fucking minutes?
1: Yeah, or have you ever listened to – I, I said, is, is, is Undertow or Opiate? This one before Undertow. Where it ends with uh, oh, the, yeah, Opiate you know, before Undertow. Yeah, but I'm saying – excuse me, for, let me rephrase. I can't remember where the one where he's talking about the carrots and the rabbits and all mm-hmm. that. Is that the end of Undertow or something? The, yeah, the one about know. like a war – vegetables waging war on
0: animals or whatever.
1: It, what it anyway, different animals.
2: I think that's Opiate, but I'm not 100% sure.
1: I think it is, too. I think it is, too. But the carrots wear
2: glasses. (laughs) Anyway, um, Reverend Maynard. Um, Gabe's take on this uh, now classic album has groove, math, tension, creepiness, and a heavy and at times industrial edge. Plus, Maynard's voice is great for the style, which I will agree with. Um, As much of an instrument as the guitars and drums, where it falls flat for me are the transitional shorter cuts, as well as some more repetitive. They should be groovy or hypnotic jams near the end. I can see why David picked this. (laughs) And it was nice (laughs) for me to return to my high school days when I heard this record for the first time on alternate radio. Hilarious! I did that. I'd do it again. Now this is cool. Um, Tracks. um, I will read what um, Gabe said, and then I will step aside so that everybody else can give their stuff. He picked Stinkfish, Eulogy, H Forty Six and Two, Hooker with a Penis, Jimmy, Anima, The Iron Satan. I I mean, you know, I like a lot of the songs here. Stinkfish,
1: awesome. Eulogy, awesome. It's just okay. He sold it. He's okay. Forty six and two. I love that song, it's really song on here. Uh, message to Harry Man back. Is that insane? Message, <laughs> which amuses me. Uh, hooker with a paint a a lot. I like push it. Like the build it takes it takes so long. It's like how long does it bump vary? But I also have such strong visuals in mind of the stage show when I hear that in other songs. And then it was just awesome. Oh, uh, I think third eye is okay. I'm not sure I don't choose to think it's strong. I like with that, it's over half, anyway. If
0: you take a filler, I
2: mean, the transition is only, like, what,
0: eight or nine songs? So, you
2: know, I like a lot of them. Yeah. Tracy, you want to tell us what you think?
0: Yeah. I think it starts very well with Sneak Fist and UOG and H. 40 Seconds 2, like, I really enjoyed that song. Um, Years ago, when I went in to apply for the job I currently have, it's so early in the morning, and my nerves were so shocked because I was so worried about it, that that song somehow bubbled me out in a sense. Like, it was just calming. Push It's pretty solid. Anima is really good. There was one I'm forgetting that I, I had track was like Hand, but I think the first half songs of that album hold up a lot better than The Back End does, though. Like, I'm not a fan of The Closer.
1: Yeah, it's not good. You, you didn't listen to Hooker with a Penis to, to mellow yourself out? No. <laughs>
2: um, I'm the man, and you're the man. You can point that fucking finger up your ass, but um, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I loved that song, by the way, I, and I still do. Uh, 46 and 2 is one of their best songs, period. Stink Fist is really, really good as well. I'm a big Bill Hicks fan, so I appreciate Third Eye. Um, there is some filler on here, and 77 minutes and 18 seconds is a bit long. It could have been cut down some, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so next, we got Tracy's pick. Tracy, what was that?
0: I picked the original Most best Dream Theater of All Time in Images and Words.
2: This was the Dream Theater album that I owned, which I think I mentioned when we reviewed another Dream Theater album way back in the day. Second
0: Octarian, I think, is that one?
2: Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Uh, been A lot of, little bit of sleep and a whole lot of albums in between now and then. Uh, but yes, Dreams... Or, excuse me, Images and Words, released on July 7th, 1992, recorded in Bear Track Studios in New York City and also the Hit Factory. 57 minutes and four seconds, released on Atco. produced by David Prater. The band is, or at least was, Jamie LaBrea on lead vocals. Labrie. I don't know why I called him LaBrea, James LaBrea on lead vocals. Sean Petrucci on guitars and backing vocals. Kevin Moore on keyboards. Mike Portnoy on drums, percussion, and backing vocals on Pull Me Under. John Young on bass and Jay Beckenstein came in and laid in some saxophone on another day. So yeah, Tracy, what put this on your list
0: to pick? I'd pick the prog metal, and we hadn't done Dream Theater in a while. It's like you know what, I'm just going to get Dream Theater in here. It's a good mix. I really like this album, and it's probably one of the more sporadic ones I could probably find. I think, and I just I wanted to get Dream Theater in here. Like I know these other guys are going to pick some wild out there stuff probably, so just cover my bases.
2: Well, I mean, this is kind of foundational. I mean, these guys are fantastic musicians and uh, yeah, anyway. Are.
1: Yeah. It's, like, a it's a little cool. hard for me to get past the 80s-ness of it. But that's it is opinion. super 80s. So I
2: know it came out in like, my money to
1: get that injury, but it's yeah. just, I kept, because I, just made me think of was listening to an ES album. I'm sorry, you were to say something
0: interesting. No, I was just going to say they're definitely a product of their time. They're dudes that were going to Berklee School of Music and listening to the music that was popular at the time. That's kind of what I think led them to their style in the sense of what it is now or for this album.
2: I can't disagree with that. And, and I I do see the, the 80s cheesiness of it, which would have been influenced by them. I mean, it was recorded in 91. So, and as much as we like to think that there was a clean death knell for that kind of music, there wasn't. I mean, so, and then the great sundering hadn't yet occurred, uh, at least when this was being recorded.
0: Yeah. And I think this album is a very good introductory album to them because I think they get a lot more experimental and a lot more kind of out there with some of their songwriting and they get a little more in the prog sense of trying out different time measures and trying out a bunch of different instruments in their later albums. That this one is very much a getting their feet wet and learning and just learning how to write album, I think.
2: Uh, I have a slightly more cynical view of it. I feel that this is very much a pop metal album and that they were like, you know what? We need to write something that is going to hit and make us a lot of money. Then we can do all the weird shit we want to.
0: Well, I can, I can see that. But also, I think we, me and Gabe were talking about when they announced they won the Grammy this year, and I know there's been some comments on Grammy Awards being hand, handed out as like finally like a career achievement award in a sense. And I feel like for them last year, that them getting the Grammy nod for that this year, is that a career achievement award? Because they've been so consistent. We don't think they're what, 14, 15 albums deep now. Each of Definitely. them are some shape, form, or fashion levels of prog more than most fans will ever dream of doing and just how they decide to do it. And I think it's just kind of more of like the industry recognizing them for what they are as opposed to that song being the greatest metal song written that year.
1: I, I see that. I do that at the Oscars too. Because I understand that well. this isn't my genre. I know this along long interesting is Watchtower. we talk about the second. They're the foundation of so. So, much, so much of what makes Tracy's life livable. Right. Beginning.
0: You know, yeah, I wish we it were a
1: little heavier. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so important for Serenity Fraud*. But I agree also with that. I think, happier than i was expecting
2: yeah uh, you know and you this is one of those and i don't you can tell that all the dudes in this band were big into rush oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah. so, you know and and you and, can tell on just their musicality uh, that so yeah it, it it sounds dated in a way you know i often say when we're talking about Prague, especially certain <laughs> kinds of prog that um you could play it on an adult contemporary station, and that is definitely the case with some of the stuff of this. You might not have at the time, but man, now, 30 years later, 100%.
0: Without this album, you don't get 90% of the bands. On like, like, I don't really think that's a question.
2: Do you like their
1: later stuff better, Tracy?
0: Not necessarily, because of some of their earlier stuff, I like better than some of their later stuff. It's, it's a mixed bag, and I think part of it is also their... Albums, in a sense, aren't consistent in like terms of writing. So you see this progressive growth one way or another. Or you see them like, oh, this is where they started in this genre. And kind of like, you don't see the Paradise Lost where they would spend three or four albums working with something and then kind of transition to another one at that time afterwards. These are very much, they're here on this album. They're here on this album. They're here on this album. Like they did a full concept album over Metropolis <laughs> for one time. And, like, and then they're like, oh, we're going to talk about robots on the next album. And you're like, and they're completely different stylistically and sound wise. But I think if I was to say, if you wanted to get your true dream theater experiences, is probably the album you want to go with, because I think there's just a little bit of everything that they do on later albums in this album together.
2: I I, I, could, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I could be wrong, but I really feel like this is one of their commercial and idea um, in that, like I said, I bought this album and probably it's definitely not my genre, but there was so much press around them because the dudes are just such fantastic musician. Um, are they great songwriters? They can be, they are not consistently great songwriters, at least not at this point. But I really just, uh, again, feel that this was like back in the day when you actually had to buy stuff and you got it, If you didn't have something that was playing this type of music on the radio, you were relying on magazines to tell you what was cool and what to buy. And dream theater was definitely getting huffed by all the magazines.
0: Well, I mean, it's similar to, I think it's just their virtuosal I think, as um, what I want to call it behind them. Because, I mean, we've talked about in the past, I see this comment a lot about their music writing. While they do do this really intricate writing style and music performance, that the issue that a lot of people have with their music is, it's not memorable. It's a lot of battle of the band greatness, but not a lot of, like, need on the bones to stick with you. And I think... And like, I think that's where some of their albums fall apart is they're, like, if you were to pull out the meter and time and look at that and how that music's written in the notes, you'd be like, holy fuck. But then you hear it and you're like, mm, okay, I get it, but it's not great, great. And I think this album does I mean, a pretty good job of kind of sticking the landing split in both.
1: Sure. I unfortunately feel what you just said about a lot of this. <laughs> I'm like, I you know what you're trying to do here. I listen to, I'm just looking at the discography here, I listen to Awake. Uh, I think in a store in Germany because that came out in ninety four and it was ninety six. I was like, this is not good. Like I listened to it and did not buy it. So I never bought one of these. It's you know, we say this a lot and like, it's true. When and how you get on a ride matters a lot. And for me, like the because it was assigned as homework, to me the prog I gravitate towards is the stuff that you all gave me early. So it's Hawken, which uh Ascension, that first thing I took a ride. Little bit a and like Ocean Collective. And this isn't that. <laughs> right?
0: Like, well, I'm definitely,
1: uh, I actually really like the socket until it's about Ocean
0: Collective. I didn't assign this hoping you'd one day go out and just buy a bunch of drinks here atoms and listen to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to happen.
1: Not today,
2: Saints. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here is what Gabe wrote about it.
2: This album is an 80s hangover. Lots of pop cheese, not very heavy, but the second half is much more compelling than the first. The musicianship is there, of course, but it ventures into pop music territory in a bad way. Try it way more often than I'd prefer. I can see why Tracy would like this, but I'm guessing Ben and David won't care for it. Well, <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, shall we talk about some songs? Gentlemen? Let's do it.
0: Fair. I'll, I'll go. guess my poison. I'll go first. Pull cool me under. Of course, I think it's a fantastic opener. Another day. I enjoy that. Here's some candy. G bit to it. I and the softness to it. Uh, take the time. Metropolis Part One and Learning to Live. Um, I will
2: agree with you that "Pull Me Under" is fantastic. That's my favorite song off this album, and it's a hell of an opener. It's a super catchy, got like, big choruses to sing along with, kind of reminiscent of the '80s and hair metal in that way. I thought "Wait for Sleep" was pretty good, and "Metropolis Part One" a bit long, but that's all right. So those would be the three for me, which is similar to what Gay Pig, "Pull Me Under," "Metropolis," "Under Glass Moon," and "Wait for Sleep." Yeah, I'm in similar space. I think "Pull Me Under" while Fairy 80 pretty good and you see
1: you can along with it. I like Metropolis Part One. But it's just how it sounded and topically. It almost makes me want to listen to Metropolis Part two, but only almost <laughs> oh, which they didn't put ninety nine. yes
0: We can maybe I listen to that, that entire for, concept album. <laughs>
1: totally. I'd wait for things. okay. But again it was a little bit hard to past how eighties it was. But uh, again, I, you know, as I said, I try to not I'm not sure anything we're liking right now is gonna weather well either,
2: so I try to be mindful of that issue. When it's dated. Well, is very '80s. '80s hangover. Speaking of sounding like the '80s, that brings us to "Control and Resistance" by Watchtower, as picked by Gabe. It is their second and final album. It was released in 1989, specifically November 6, 1989. Recorded in Skytrack Studio in Berlin, Germany. Runtime of 43 minutes and 15 seconds. Released on Noise Watchtower. The band is listed as the producer, and that band is Alan Tuchel on vocals and on. Jarzombek on guitars, Doug Kaiser on bass, and Rick Kuala on drums i probably butchered your last name, Rick, if you happen to listen to this. I apologize. Here is what Gabe said as to why he picked this. I picked this album because I was looking for a prog metal record from a different decade than ones everyone else chose for the grab bag. I wanted something that's really out there musically, but still heavy enough to call itself metal. I succeeded in picking something that I enjoyed and that also fits those parameters. I have no idea what Tracy will think of this, but I don't think Ben or David will like it as much as I did. Well, David, what did you think of this album? Uh,
1: I thought this album was not good. <laughs> this album was brutal. This album was really like because I kind of got into culprit. And I actually really do love shout out to Gabe that he goes into the back catalog in this way. And I know Watchtower was important for the genre. Uh, I'm looking here. Apparently they put an album in twenty eighteen. you heard that, Tracy. Oh, I'm I'm my face. <laughs> but uh yeah, this was not my favorite thing. One of the things that was hardest for me to get over was the vocalist, actually. He just ugh because i you know we've listened to a fair amount of hair metal now but not so much then gotta make sure we listen to medium to long term but this guy oh i don't know you oh this is hard every time this came on i'm like oh no part of me was like well yes i'll be in austria I'm glad i don't have to talk about this album (laughs)
2: It yeah was hard. I it was agree. a hard
1: journey.
2: I agree that the, the vocals were not good. the production overall is not good. you know like you said earlier David I try to have you know, some sympathy for that this was recorded in 1989, but the drums sound like shit you know and the guys' vocals are not really good. There's some cool fucking riffs on it but man, some of the stuff is yeah. like like 80s you know fourth level thrash craziness. I mean, not in a good way and I'm just like, man, you know, and this is this prog? I guess I didn't find that there were a whole lot of prog elements to it. I know it's burgeoning, and and you can see the influence. But I would consider the stuff that Death was doing just a little bit after this, or even some of the stuff Morbid Angel was doing, a whole lot more progressive than this album in particular.
0: I, th- I think the reason this album probably gets classified as prog is because it has that deconsec, de I can't think of the word. And I had it through, the- but there, it feels like the Earthworms sense disjointed and time signature. And you have a lot of that and we're gonna stop yeah. and move into this type signature while playing. It's very if you were to have released a release of Mud we were to have released an album in nineteen eighty six, this was this would have been the album. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and
1: yeah, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> like I feel like that's a, a way to describe it. I don't dislike it as much as you guys did. I'm kind of like I'm on the road. I'm not a big, big fan. Like, I don't think I'm going to pick this up and listen to it for pleasure ever, but I definitely, I don't regret listening to it. You guys might be on the regret listening to it train. <laughs> I don't regret listening to
2: it. Yeah, I, I don't regret listening to it. It's not something that I would listen to a whole lot at all.
0: Like, this definitely has that new wave of British Heavy Metal sound to it. Like, it's, it reminds it's, me of... Of Diamond Head, like that early lightning to the nation. Wow, that was stuff. so much better than this. I mean, it was. I'm not going to argue that fact. It was better than this, but I'm like, if they were like, hey, let's mix in jazz time signatures and jazz discordance between, and music writing, let's do that. This has been right. the album they, they produced. And it took me a little bit to kind of like two voices go, okay, I could see the prognosis in this album, but prior to that, I'm like, I think Gay hey, just want to try to skirt the boundaries as much as he could on picking a Progon. But then I was like, oh, I, I see it now because while it doesn't have all these extra instruments and your the way it's playing with it's, Songwriting and time signatures, I think, is worn it. Now, I do agree the vocalist Lise Lot to be desired. I mean, they could have done worse than done Chris Barnes, but they could have done better too and got Chris Dickinson, you know.
2: I don't know that Chris yeah. Barnes is any worse than this dude is. Yeah, yeah Jason McMaster is not my favorite. Vocalist. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, it's,
1: uh, it's amazing how old this band is. I mean, Form is like 82 all Austin, so they were around a long time, except for something that makes sense. I just saw before this. Uh, and I know there's a million other bands like I think it's Ice Age or Cairo, or Dolly Dilemma. There's like a bunch of bands that sort of grew out of this. I'm not a huge fan of most of those. But uh, you could definitely see both Iron Maiden and I would say also Rush here. I
2: think five signatures. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yes, it's, it's historically important, but I'm not a huge fan.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm not even sold on how historically important it is. But fair.
1: Oh, I, I read what I read. I don't know.
2: I'm not like a fine guy. So. Well, I mean, um, it's kind of like one of those things that they always say like about, oh, shit. Um, Lou Reed's band. Sure. Um, oh, oh, oh. Mm, yes. the, the Velvet Underground. Yeah, and they're like, oh, Velvet Underground. Every, only like 15 people listened to them, but everybody who listened to them went out and formed their own band. And I actually like the Velvet Underground, and I can see where that band was. And I mean, that's I'm being like picking like the most extreme um, comparison that I can, that that inspires so many people. And I'm not saying and like some of the stuff that they were doing, including, you know, injecting jazz into this. We do see become influential, but I just don't know. I don't know how influential this was because I don't know how many people heard it. But I'm not yeah. just saying because I didn't hear it, nobody did, because that seemed completely <laughs> false. But, you know, um, some tracks. Gabe says, get ready, gentlemen. All of them. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I am have coffee but I'm a drinker.
0: You <laughs> put a little whiskey in your coffee, stuff the day off, right?
1: i thinking about it, but right it. You five in the morning.
0: You, I mean, <laughs> if you were in Ireland, I'd be like, that's just an Irish morning. But
1: <laughs> exactly
0: in Austria, it'd be a beer in the morning. That's what it would be. And you're, you're shaping the, the hearts and minds of young individuals today, so we we don't want to get you too tankered up yet.
1: Probably not. They're they don't get here for a few days, but I gotta be
0: can't keep my teeth sure. I like. The Eldritch Mayday in Kiev, which has some very, like, just the name has some important song title of the day. Sure. But I think elsewise, it's an all right album, but I don't think nothing else really stuck out to me.
1: Uh, I don't know. None of these really stood out to
2: me. That's good. Yeah, I'm okay so, with you oh. 100% on that.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm okay. If I never hear this again, okay. So well, now it's time to grade these things. Yeah. Cynic Ascension Codes. Um, I'm going to give this a C plus, just because the playing is so good. And even though it's not my cup of tea, I appreciate him using his art to work through uh, the loss and grief that he felt. And maybe I'm just becoming a softie, but um, yeah, it's, I'll give get a C plus. I'm in that same zone. I think I am softie, softy. I've now seen so much horror.
1: <laughs> so uh, I, I likewise appreciate the sound they're trying to achieve. Okay,
0: i I'm going to give this album a B minus an 82. I think I like it a little bit more. You guys did, but it's just not fully sold on it.
2: Gabe gave it a C. Yeah. That's right.
0: That's it. it puts yeah. us at an average of a C plus, it's a 78. Three. Uh, would you buy this album? No. No. I don't think Gabe would either. Next up, Tool. Enema.
1: I I'm such this What are you I'm just going to give it a 97. I want. I, I admit there's a fair amount of filler in here. It's just tidying it down a tiny bit, but I just love it so much. 97, which I know gonna be the highest grade. <laughs> give it this,
0: but so bad. I'm going to give it an A-minus, a 92. I think it's a really good album. I don't think it's their best work, though. It, the, that comes later.
2: Um, I am there with you, Tracy. I'm going to give it a 92 as well. And then I give it an A-minus, although I think their best work might have come before this, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to revisit some of the later albums. Gabe gave it an A minus as well with a ninety one.
0: That gives us an average of a ninety three. Yep. I, yep. I know it's going to be
1: a ninety three
0: this it So I feel like all of us would buy it. Giving it, it an uh, A.
1: I did. So yeah, that would. I, no. I, I
0: did. I would. But I'm just we gave giving a ninety. I think he would as well. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume himself. So. Two dream theater. <laughs> dream theater images in words. Um, I pick. I go first I'm gonna give this album Saw It A like I, I I think it's their best work but they're just disc- they the discography so there's so many albums that I hadn't had a chance to down with all of them so there might be an album or two in there that I like better or it might be an album or two I forgot about since I've listened to them that I like better but I think it's it's definitely representative of what their career is and I think it's if you want a broad sound of what Dream Theater is this is the album to pick for so in 95
1: I'm gonna come a hair lower <laughs> which doesn't surprise you uh, I didn't go as low as part of me wanted to because I know it's historically important, but I just I have a lot of trouble getting past the, the rushness of
2: this. It's not my genre, so I'm gonna get the C.
0: And what's your thoughts?
2: What did David give it? I guess a I didn't see. I see. Okay.
1: I would see, I I but you yeah. yeah, because it's important historically. Like, uh-huh. but it's not really my thing.
2: Um, it is pop metal so that gives me a downgrade in my opinion because um, it's not cool pop metal like uh, you could make that argument but like when we did Motley Crue but that at least felt like rock and roll and this really doesn't but that one track is so good pull me under is such a good song Um so I guess I'll give this a C plus um, a B minus
0: oh okay well
1: or is it for overall?
0: Probably eighty or something. Eighty-three. So it'll be
1: minus
0: overall. Um, yeah, I'd buy
1: this big. album.
0: Yeah. It's it's a big choice. It is. It's. I mean, that's about what I was expecting on the album. I'm not gonna lie. Coming in tonight, whatever is just started, like it's just gonna be, gonna be a lot of F hosters all around for every album, and you trying to like <laughs> it's not all bad.
2: No. <laughs> there was still so it definitely wasn't gonna be a complete F holster run. I did buy this in the day. In a in a time of streaming where I can just listen to the one song that I really like, I would not buy this again. I
0: did not buy it, and I would not buy
1: it. <laughs> oh,
2: so,
0: nope. I'd buy it. I, th- I think I don't think Gabe would buy it either, but I think Gabe would buy this next album, Watchtower Control. Oh, it's-
2: let me let me tell you what Gabe wrote. <laughs> okay. Uh, Proto prog thrash question, jazz fusion metal question, lots of fun to listen to. Never a dull moment. Singing is a bit over the top, but it's of the era, and at least the era's traditional heavy metal needs to go solid. Something like King Diamond plus angular guitar skronk solos, like maybe new wave of British heavy metal, but less blues and more jazz based. I would listen to this nine times out of ten over much of what passes for prog metal these days. I'm old and life is short. Grade A.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gabe. That's a no. I'm gonna give this a C. Plus. I'm going to give
2: this an F because it was garbage.
1: I I'm going to come in a slightly higher because I read it was important and I love Dave, so I'm giving it. I don't want to teach it D again. D. Yeah, di don't want to teach this again next year, Tracy. I'm passing it on to the next grade level with a D. Mm-hmm. I did don't feel like
0: all. I did not have the most divisive album this week. That rarely ever happens. <laughs> it was
1: definitely
0: bad. Yeah. yeah. You know I am not gonna lie, I you guys might have dug it just because it might have been a little proto-eve, like a little thrash in there, but
2: when when the guitar work started, like the first track, I thought I was gonna like it a lot because I was like, fuck, Gabe just did a trash album, but man.
1: You were right down pretty quick after like, that. <laughs> Yes, I was like, "Okay, then."
2: Wait, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate that he likes it, and I just like maybe like it slightly more.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I would but, buy it for Gabe. There you
0: go. Me too. I would buy a, three copies. Three up. copies. Yeah, <laughs> we send him a three record, copies. a CD, and a and a tape deck, and just yep. send and it. And three a, co-
2: this was released on cassette. Totally.
0: Oh
1: my God! Three, three three copies of Time Cop for only ninety
0: nine. Indeed. <laughs> um, well, gentlemen, I think that wraps us up for Prog Metal Week here at Thunderdome. I'm glad Prog you guys were me. you played around, yeah. willing to play around in this room with me for a little bit. For sure, just got
2: to get I, out of your comfort zone and listen to stuff.
0: I know. Speaking of getting out of comfort zone, not listening to stuff, our next right back is courtesy of Gay, and his theme that he picked for it is not my subject. So that should be interesting. We all had to pick something that we liked, but you wouldn't suspect us liking. So I think just looking at the list that's on there now, which granted, subject to change with time to come, I think it's
2: a pretty interesting list. To be fair, I never said you had to like it. So you could pick something you didn't like. It just needs to be something that's not in your subgenre.
0: I wasn't going that far. <laughs> nope. I was gonna try and find something I least liked. Right. Find some of the rough chief. diamonds in the rough there. If the rest of this genre sound like this, I'd love this genre, but it don't. So <laughs> i would
1: gonna say, Tracy, you were you were fortunate to assign me this now, because I think if I listened to these albums like a year or two ago, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't. S F F yeah precisely. I would have been like, no, 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 yes, no, hell no. Would have probably my right. <laughs> but, uh, um, but you know, you all have broadened my horizon considerably. So, well done, done you know. Well done. And got a little player alone.
2: Not for luck, the dean. Well, all right. Thanks everybody for listening to us. Um, as we are now truly international again, with David being in Austria.
0: So. Thanks for waking up super for it, David. Oh yeah. No, oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I didn't
1: miss it for any you world. Here I am.
0: I'm not gonna lie. If I was in your situation, like they can do it, themselves so they can handle their how yeah, <laughs> I feel i, I sleeping in.
1: I know. I know. I mean, this isn't the first time I've uh, thundered down from Europa. So.
0: It's not. The like clock just chugging along chicken mm-hmm. clock, call,
1: <laughs> uh-huh. call.